Welcome back to Native Exiles, Alderwood Community Church's podcast, where we talk about following Jesus in the tension of being in the world, but not of it. And this is episode two of our summer series, our partnership with Purposely Equipped, talking about prayer. And we hope you could join us for the last episode. If you haven't heard it yet, these uh, five episodes really do go in series. So I encourage you to go back and start with episode one, which was what is prayer? This is episode two, why should I pray? And so important to talk about the heart behind prayer. We have a great conversation around that, and I hope it's an encouragement to you. Here we go. All right, Steve, we're back. Why pray? That's our series, and we're really diving just specifically deep into that question for this episode. Why should I pray? Last time we talked a little about what prayer is. We looked at Jesus' example of prayer in the Sermon on the Mount and kind of took some of the aspects of that as our paradigm of prayer. Uh, But Okay, we, we get what it is. Why? Why should I pray? Yeah, there's more than one angle we're going to look at this. And let's start with the issue of motives. You know, what, what drives people to pray? And honestly, I mean, I just have to look at my own life to recognize there's sometimes some really lousy motives for praying. I mean, Jesus talked about it in the passage we looked at there in Matthew of people who just want to go on and on to show their righteousness to everybody who's looking on to impress people. Yeah, I mean, I think looking good in front of spiritual people is one of the motives for why I pray that is not a very good one, <laughs> but a totally real one. I mean, I remember even just, I grew up in a Christian home. Most of my extended family were Christians, and it didn't take me too long to figure out that if I prayed <laughs> out loud at the dinner table or whatever, these family members that I love, my grandparents, my parents, my aunts and uncles, they were pretty pumped about that. They thought highly of me if I could pray. And so I learned that, man, if I pray, like people will dig it. You know, they'll, they'll give me some praise for that. They'll talk about what a nice little Christian kid I am and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, but that's not a good reason. Well, it's actually kind of cute if you're four. I can recall sometimes like growing up in church meetings that went maybe a little bit long late into the night, somebody waxing on and on (laughs) with this long windbag King James prayer with these and thou's. And I was just like, oh my goodness, who are you trying to impress? You know, like God had some really harsh words actually in the Old Testament. I I was just recalling this. It's from Isaiah. It's, uh, let's see, it's Isaiah chapter one. And he's like castigating him. He says, your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of burying them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer your many prayers, I am not listening. Apparently God wasn't impressed with those yeah, uh, I am not long listening. prayers either. <laughs> like it's God with his fingers in his ears going, I can't hear you. Yes. Uh, and, you know, Jesus continues that same thing even just before he teaches how to pray in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he compares how we ought to pray with how you shouldn't pray. And he says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So you don't have to come up with some big eloquent speech. um, And that might impress some people. It's a very real thing. Some people might be impressed by your eloquent prayer and how 
heartfelt it sounds and you know your theological words and all that but it doesn't impress god god is not impressed and you know i mean let's take another closely related motive maybe you're praying in your closet by yourself as jesus instructs but you are wanting to have god view you as good you're wanting to somehow impress god as if you can somehow you know turn about this transaction that if i pray hard enough or long enough god will give me what i want or do what i want yeah yeah so yeah, those aren't good reasons. I mean, I think so to look good, not a great reason. Another reason is just to be good. Uh, to the, the, the reason why you might pray is because you think that that's just what you have to do as a Christian. It's kind of this rote obligation. Um, you know, just to be honest, I think for most people, praying before you eat is purely that <laughs> obligation. Like it is just, this is what Christians do. So before we eat, let's say a prayer and no, like no thoughts going into the prayer. Totally. It's honestly, I think for a lot of people, it's not even a real moment of actually praying. Like there's no attention given to God. It is just, we say these things before we eat food and that's just what you do. Yeah. Which, you know, I would quickly follow up with, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It means you should check your motives, right? Jesus, like constantly in the gospels is giving thanks before he eats. But when it becomes comes just rote, meaningless. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm, we pray before we eat every meal, our family, that's what we do. So I, I'm not against it. Right. But, I, but one of the things that we've just noticed is that there's just a big difference between sitting down and going, okay, we got to pray. God, thank you for this food. Thank you for this day. Amen. And then start eating and saying, okay, actually, before we eat, let's take a moment to actually be yeah. in God's presence together to really think about what he's doing in our life and thank him. And, you know, they're just totally different things. And, um, it's, it's easy to slip from one into the other. Totally. So, so there's trying to look good. There's trying to be good, maybe impress God. Then I think a lot of people just pray to get stuff. Yeah. You know, they, they want to get good stuff from God. They want the good stuff. They don't want anything else. They just want God to give them stuff. I I've often noticed that this is kind of like the way people diet. Like, you know, you'll know some people I've known people over the years who like, for the three months before their wedding, they basically starve themselves. You know, they're drinking protein shakes and that's it. Or, or they have a job interview for two months, you know, they lose 25 pounds. But the rest of their lives, when they're not chasing those things, they just live and eat however they want. I think that's how prayer is for a lot of people. Like when we really want something, we'll spend a lot of time praying. Right. But then if everything's fine, we'll stop. Praying. I don't that, really yeah. need, No, I yeah. agree. I, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of the model in my mind. That's kind of like the genie from Aladdin, you know, yeah. uh, like that. The idea is God's all powerful. He can do anything he wants and he may grant a wish. You know? So let's ask him for anything. I remember as a kid, you know, learning about prayer, figuring out prayer and reading some of these passages that you read in the New Testament that are kind of astounding where God says, you know, or where Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name. <laughs> It will be done for you. You know, like just these, these radical promises and trying to wrestle with that. I mean, I, re I remember praying for some really crazy things as a kid in the thought that, okay, if I just, if I just muster up enough belief, God will do anything I ask him to do. I mean, I, I prayed for Corvettes. I, could, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't even drive. I don't know what I was thinking that, that was going to happen with that. Oh, and now you drive a little electric golf cart. What a shame. Yeah. That, yeah, that prayer still has not been answered. Uh, but, you know, just pray for these wild things. But I think that's a real motivation. I can get whatever I want. I, I can get... Uh, the deepest desires of my heart. And I'm actually kind of speaking facetiously because often these aren't real important spiritual things. Totally. Uh, they're it's just stuff. It's yeah. A bigger house, good it's a, stuff, a new job, which is, can be important and all good. But I, I think that motivation, it's not a good one, but it is kind of a complex 
thing because like we said last episode, Jesus really does invite us to ask for things. So, you know, Jesus says that God is our father in heaven who delights in giving us good things. That just like an earthly father loves to give good gifts to his kids, that our father in heaven delights in giving us the things that we need. So is that actually a bad motivation or is that the right motivation? How do we put that together? I, mean, I think the order of the Lord's prayer is is really important. You know, we start with our father. We start with trying to align our desires with God's desires. When I was a kid growing up, scripture used to hear all the times, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I tried that one the same way you did, you know. Okay, Lord, I've been really good this week on my quiet times. Now, I need the girl or whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> now she's going to like me. I mean, and, and I think what that, that verse really means is when you delight yourself in God, your heart actually changes. Yeah. Like you have different desires and you desire God above all else. That's just a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, if we're going to talk about why pray, what the actual right motivation is for praying, I think there's, there's something that kind of can hold some of these other things in tension with each other. And that's the idea of relationship that prayer ultimately is about a relationship with God to have more intimacy with God, to know more of who God is and his desires for you and to be able to bear your own soul to God and to be honest about where you are and what you care about and what you're struggling with. But it's this relational intimacy that is the real why behind prayer to know Jesus and that's where some of these other things, they kind of fit in more neatly once you understand that as the real motivation. Like asking God for things, that's a absolutely real part of, of intimate relationships. I mean, if you have close friends, if you have a spouse, if you have somebody who cares deeply about you, I, I bet an aspect of that relationship at times is asking for the things that you need from somebody else. But if you flip those, if if your relationship kind of devolves to purely asking someone for stuff or for things that you get, like that actually ruins the relationship. I mean, that becomes a clingy friendship or a, you know, a needy uh, romantic partner or whatever like that, that the ordering is super important. Like you said. Yeah. I heard an analogy on this one time where like a little kid comes to their parents and asks for a quarter and they go and spend the quarter and buy mom and dad a gift. You know, you're just delighted. And was this story from like 1930? What, probably what because it, it would need to be more than a quarter. So, well, I am a little old here, Wyatt. But I mean, what if the kid takes the quarter or the $20 bill, buys mom and dad a gift, and then says, okay, from now on, I am not cleaning my room ever again, and I can eat whatever I want for dinner. I mean, our motives really matter, even in everyday life like that. Yeah. But God does delight to give good things to his to his children. Yeah. And, and that's where, if that's, if the relational driver is the big thing to see God as your father, to come to him as his child, uh, then asking for things is just such a natural part of that. But it has to start with this desire for relationship. Um, and I, I think this kind of gets us to another aspect of why pray. Um, I, there really is this I think believe that people struggle with out there, which is I, I'm not going to pray. It's not that important. I mean, they're maybe not saying I'm going to pray, but they just don't have much of a desire to pray because of the belief that it's not going to do anything. It's not going to change anything. Like God's just going to do whatever God's going to do. 
uh, why bother asking him for something? Because he's God. He like he's not gonna change his mind. Uh, so I mean, how would you counsel somebody who is struggling with that? That's a tough one, right? It's sort of fatalistic, deterministic. God's in control. If you want to put theological language on it, God's sovereign. So what is my little prayer going to do to change God's mind? God doesn't change his mind. And people will quote that even from the Old Testament. There's a scripture where God says he doesn't change his mind. And yet, I mean, the first thing my mind jumps to is just all the scriptures that show God responding to people's prayers. Mm -hmm. I mean, and some very heartfelt personal things. Like I think of Hannah in the book of Samuel, you know, she pleaded with God just for a son and God gave her a son. Mm -hmm. Um, Naomi in the book of Ruth, you know, she pleads for her, her daughter-in-law to get remarried after her husband dies. I mean, these are just very everyday life, heartfelt things. Then there's bigger things, you know, like Elijah who prayed that it would rain when they were in the middle of a drought. And James says, because he was a righteous man, God heard him. Not because I think righteous, we misunderstand. Righteous is primarily about being in right relationship with God. It's caring about our relationship with God. It's not that he impressed God so much. But I think that's so important that we recognize what the Bible is saying there. God actually responds to our prayers. Now, there's a little bit of mystery there. Mm -hmm. God knows what we're going to say before we say it. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. So we, we don't maybe understand how this works, but it is very clear God does things on the basis of what his people ask him to do. Like it, the rain came because he was a righteous man who prayed and asked for it. It doesn't say like, and the rain came because God was going to do it anyways. And <laughs> it just coincidentally happened to be that, you know, Elijah prayed for it, but it was going to happen. Don't worry. No, like the Bible was just saying, hey, it, it, Elijah asked. He was a righteous man. The rains came because he asked for it. And, and again, this relationship idea to me, I, I just think that's so important to understand this. Jesus is teaching us to see God as a father who actually cares about us, who actually cares about what we ask for, what we want. And he wants to hear it, and he wants to respond to it, and he will. Not always, though. And that's maybe where we have a hard time with this, because there are some things where the answer is no. Yeah, and we're going to devote a whole episode to that a yeah. bit later on. But yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult because we, we have our own timing. We want God to do it a certain way in a certain kind of timing. Let me take it a little different direction, Wyatt. I I think another people reason that people sometimes ask, why should I pray is, I mean, okay, I'm talking to God. Maybe I experienced some kind of internal change. But a lot of times I just feel like I'm talking into the air. Hmm. And you said earlier something I would say, that prayer is not just communication, it's a conversation, which points to maybe some of the things we might ask for. Like, I might not ask God for something specific, like I need a new job. I might say, I need wisdom. How am I going to hear from God? How's God going to speak to me when I need wisdom? You know, is it a conversation wide or is this really just a one-way conversation that's meant to be a good exercise for us who want to grow spiritually? No, I think I think that's a really good question. I mean, just that idea of why would I pray if I never hear from God? I've never heard the voice of God. So, I mean, am I just talking to my ceiling? I mean, what's going on here? Can I interrupt you for a minute on that? Because yeah. a really interesting thing about that is if you've read the Old Testament, it's startling how it's just stated so matter-of-factly. And the Lord said to Abraham, and Jeremiah heard the voice, and you're just like, how did that go down? Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a level of conversation happening in, in stories like that in the Bible that I've never experienced. 
where Abraham and God are talking back and forth to each other, kind of like you and I are talking to each other right now. And if, if the question is, is prayer a conversation like that? I at least have not experienced that. Clearly it happens. It's recorded in scripture and, and other people maybe have experienced that. And, uh, you know, we could talk about that more. But um, when I talk about prayer being a conversation, what I simply mean is just that there is a real back and forth happening. There is a two-way communication happening, not in the same way of two people talking to each other, carrying on a conversation, right. but where it isn't just one directional. Prayer is not just you throwing out your thoughts and ideas to God and God just kind of stoically receiving those things. That's not what a father and child relationship is like that Jesus is describing. Uh, in, in a real way, God is going to communicate with you through his spirit. Now, what might that look like? I think it might look like a lot of different things. I think it might look like him using the scriptures that are his voice to us as right. we pray and read the Bible and understand new insights about him that the Holy Spirit are bringing to you, not just that you're reading words on a page, but that his spirit is actually teaching you something new actively as you read the scriptures. Um, I think it could be uh, that the Spirit changes your attitude, changes your thoughts, changes your desires, and that is a real response to your prayer that is a back and forth. Uh, I, I think God may communicate to you through the church, through brothers and sisters in Christ, that he may bring a word to you that is a response to your prayer, that is a part of the back and forth, but he's using the instrument of his people to do that. And I would say God could audibly respond to you. I'm not, I'm not discounting that as a possibility. Right. I haven't experienced it personally, but, but that's a very real possibility as well. But one way or another, this heavenly father who loves you is going to be in communication with you as you're in communication with him. Yeah, I, I mean, just to maybe start giving some concrete examples here, too, which I'm a little hesitant to do because the way God answers prayer for me look very different than other people. But circumstances are one of the ways that God speaks. I Two times in our lives, this is almost funny, we felt God was calling us to do something as a family. One time was to go to this summer Christian camp with some friends. It was really going to be a great time hearing some speakers, having some great time with other brothers and sisters. And another time we got invited to go back to Taiwan where I'd served as a missionary and to, to go as a speaker. Both times we needed a lot of money that we didn't have. Wyatt, we prayed earnestly both times and both times, here's how God chose to answer us. We got in a car wreck. Wow. Both times we got in a car wreck and we got this big insurance payout. And in one case, I chose to not even fix the car because it still drove. It was more important to me to go to Taiwan. But it was just it was almost funny. But literally, that was part of the conversation. Like, I just couldn't deny the timing. Yeah. Like the amount of money we got on the one payout was exactly how much we were short. It's just God does work in so many interesting, amazing ways. The reason I was hesitant to share that is because we'll talk more later about the times when God doesn't answer. You know, those, those are hard and it might feel like you're talking to a wall, Yeah. but it's important to just remember that we serve a living God who really does respond. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's so important there, um, as we pray and answering this question of why pray, it's for relational intimacy to communicate with a God who loves us, to know him more, to experience more of him. Um, if, if that's going to happen, then I think one of the things you have to do as you enter into prayer is to communicate and then to be watchful, then to actually look for God to respond and not to 
look just for God to respond in specifically exactly the one way that you ask. Right. But to to actually be seeking God's will to say, okay, God, show me what your desire is for me in this prayer. Uh, if I'm if I'm asking for a new job, which I'm not, don't worry anybody at all <laughs> church, but uh, if I'm asking, you know, maybe I'm, I'm in a season without work and I'm, I'm asking God that this interview that I'm in would, would be successful, that I would get the job. Um, I hope that as I'm having that conversation with God, I'm also going to be looking for his work in this area of my life beyond even the exact interview that I was praying for. If it's a no, that I that my answer isn't just like, well, God just didn't care, didn't hear me, but I'm but I'm seeking more of, okay, what is it then, God? What do you have for me? What are you trying to teach me? What what uh, you know, what other opportunity are you drawing me to that there's an ongoing conversation in relation to that's happening beyond just the one specific thing that you have asked for? Because uh, it's about relationship. The answer might be a yes, might be a no, might be a wait, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So to wrap things up, why pray? Uh, if you want a relationship with God, if you want intimacy with Jesus, if you want to experience God in your life, that's the why. Prayer is one of the massive ways that you're going to experience that relationship with God that Jesus offers us. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Wyatt and I have really enjoyed our partnership with our friends at Purposely Equipped talking about prayer. Purposely Equipped is a podcast that is part of Purposely, a podcast network focused on helping you find and live in God's purpose for your life. If you'd like to find out more about Purposely, you can check out onpurposely.com. We really hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. And White and I are really excited about our next season of Native Exiles launches this fall. Please continue to subscribe and we will look forward to seeing you then.